0: Welcome to Beans and Breakdowns, a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between specialty coffee and the heavy music community. On this episode, I'm joined by Rob Ballew from the band Rust, Die Alone, and co-founder of Steel City Hardcore. So grab a fresh cup of coffee and wake the fuck up! what's going on caffeinated crew today on the podcast i'm joined by rob of rust aka rob rust no that's not something that we call him but rob from rust die alone steel city hardcore is in the house this morning how are you doing great man how are you i'm good i'm excited to talk about some of my favorite things and i'm guessing some of your favorite things hardcore the canadian scene especially ontario and quebec this kind of region and maybe some coffee
1: oh absolutely let's get it
0: uh well before we get things rolling and and getting all aggressive what, what do you have going on uh drink wise <laughs>
1: okay so i had a cup of maxwell house homebrew earlier Ooh and uh i am currently now mowing down a uh, dr pepper see this this
0: but this goes to my heart because i'm not from texas my wife is from texas and she grew up drinking dr pepper because it's it's from like dublin texas which is around waco but it hits different out there
1: oh dr pepper is the greatest drink that's ever been made <laughs> the best drinks that's ever been made.
0: Have you uh, been able to try cheer wine?
1: I have actually. Blaine, uh, Blaine introduced me. He uh, he got a case, and he uh, was kind enough to allow me to partake in uh, said case. It was uh, oh my god! That was the experience.
0: So you got to do the shootout between Dr Pepper and cheer wine We have to figure out which is the better because. Cheerwine's is more like just the cherry, it's emphasis on cherry, but the Dr. Pepper is like a blend of spices and cherry.
1: But it really is. I think cheerwine, like when Blaine gave it, like hooked me up, he was like, I'm going to tell you right now, cheerwine, ice cold. I was like, all right, perfect. And oh my God, it was a revelation. Yeah. What is this beverage I'm holding? However, Dr. Pepper is more accessible here in canada so it's the truth i have to give it to dp because it's more accessible Mm -hmm. although there's a lot of stores up here now that have been carrying uh like the zero sugar flavors from the states and uh dr pepper cream soda zero sugar oh my god that's a game changer
0: hell yeah the first time i had the dr pepper cream soda i was like this is one of the craziest most delicious things i've ever drank
1: Oh, it's a game changer. I introduce. I carry a case in my truck with me at all times, and I just hand them out to people. I'm like, yo, you ever had this? They're like, what the fuck? I just give them. Try this.
0: You're gonna be a rep for Dr Pepper Keurig. I'm trying. I'm trying.
1: Might as well. It might as well be Dr Pepper. It'd be great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm drinking over here is uh, one of my friends. He went back home to Colombia. Uh, last month and brought back like a ton of coffee I think like an illegal amount of coffee, basically like he was trafficking coffee in apparently, but he brought back back a bag of juan valdez Thanks. uh it's part of their cafe de uh origen but it's uh their valle de cauca it's just the region that has grown in in Colombia it's Definitely darker than what I'm used to, but what it does remind me of is when I go visit my wife's family in Mexico, the kind of coffee that they drink down there, which is a bit uh, darker, kind of oily, a lot of caramel and um, like nut
1: taste. That sounds fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's very like classic. When you think of like traditional coffee, this is what that tastes like. It's very good. So I made it. I made it in a, a, uh, like an iced pour over. I did a pour over and did like 60% of hot water, 40% of ice. So everything kind of melts and blends together. Um, Just because I don't love the darker coffee taste, like the more bitter taste. But in the iced coffee, it kind of balances out. It's pretty good.
1: That's phenomenal. That looks amazing.
0: It's also sunny over here. So I was like, I'm feeling kind of tropical. Maybe I'll make an ice drink.
1: Oh, we just finished the apocalypse here. We got a <laughs> foot and a half of snow yesterday for no reason. I don't understand it. We just had it. This is crazy. Yeah, thanks, Al Gore. Climate oh. change. Starting to get super cereal. <laughs> for all the South Park fans that listen to this, look, you'll get it. Oh, it's yes, sick. yes. Oh, my God. This is so good. Man, bear, this... pig, the best.
0: Half man, half bear, half pig. It sure is. Your go-to is Dr. Pepper. Is there a native drink that you go to? And I'm not trying to turn this into like a Bev Trek check. So Spencer, if you're listening, I'm not trying to step on your toes. We're just going a little (laughs) off the coffee path because we have been talking a lot about cherry beverages recently on the podcast between you and Blaine. But is there a drink from like Ontario that's like a uh like a deep cut that you like to drink?
1: Um No, there's not I've never really found like a deep cut drink catered specifically to Ontario. Not one that I particularly enjoy, anyways. <laughs> so, not
0: like a cot's dark cherry or something like that.
1: No, I pretty much uh there's uh There's a brand of beverage called Verners. that's fantastic. They're not from Ontario, though, but they are Midwestern,
0: though. It's like a Midwestern ginger beer.
1: Yeah, very, very delicious. Um, Yeah, Ontario. I don't know if Ontario really has anything like specifically catered to Ontario as a beverage. If they do, though, and if anyone knows of any, please. hook us up. Yeah, they need to
0: make like a ginger beer made with like (laughs) lake water.
1: Right, I mean, like craft beer—the craft beer uh, end of the spectrum, though. Um, oh my god, Ontario is like popping for craft beers. They have delicious craft beers here in Ontario.
0: Oh, you're not a—you're not an edge man.
1: I'm not. I'm not. Oh man. Okay. I'm not like uh like a uh, you know I'm not like a weekend warrior either or anything like that. Like <laughs> I just you know, I... <laughs> moderation oh. is the key. I'm a moderate type of person. Yeah, I yes. was straight edge, uh, and then uh, I mean, to all the to all the edgers there, I know I'm sorry I let you down. I was one of the chosen few, and I turned into a, I turned into something else. But uh, yeah, no, no, I was straight edge for a long time, and then uh, I just love the taste of beer. Sometimes, like it's just there's nothing like it. Sometimes,
0: yeah, that's I'm the same. Uh, parts of straight edge, like culture appeal to me for sure um especially when it comes to like people that i know absolutely doing dangerous things when it comes to vices but uh i love a good cocktail
1: i've recently even like switched to like mocktails mocktails are sick mocktails are great right you can catch the sick mocktail you're like oh this sounds like a horrible beverage what's the mocktail version like and then it's (laughs) still
0: I got in. I got borderline insulted by a compliment my wife made the other day, and she was like, "You make better mocktails than you do actual cocktails."
1: That's the greatest compliment ever.
0: Oh, it just means that I can. If if I ever have edge friends that come over, you got
1: them on lock. They're set. And like, let, let's think about this for a second. How hard is it? Like, I mean, an alcoholic beverage is like, you know. I, I would imagine if you're like a mixologist, it's hard to like perfect the uh, the ingredients. But like a mocktail, like too much orange juice or something, you, you're, you're done. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is gross. Yeah.
0: You can't cover it with like bitters or no. campari or something. It's got to be.
1: <laughs> I do fancy myself a, a fantastic whiskey sour once in a while, though. Those are those are fantastic if they're made correctly they're insane
0: are you an egg white man or are you a, a like a egg white
1: replacement um it really depends what the bitters are okay it really depends on what the bitters are made with because i've had both and like sometimes the egg white replacement you don't even notice because mm-hmm. like everything is so tasty but i do like the egg whites they are fantastic they are it's a lot of froth,
0: a lot of uh, effervescence, <laughs> so to say. It is a lot. It is a lot. So I know that we, we talked about this a bit earlier. Uh, growing up in Alberta and then Quebec, landing in Ontario, when did you start getting plugged into the scene? Was it immediate or did it kind of take you some time to get involved in the hardcore scene in uh, in Southern Ontario?
1: It took a long time. Um, It took... Yeah, it took... It really... Up until, like, the last five years. Like, I've been in Ontario now for probably 20, 20 20-something years now. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was always going to shows. I was always a show-goer. But it was, like... It was different because when I started going to shows, everybody kind of had their own thing. So when I would go to shows nine times out of 10, I would go by myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: cause I didn't have any friends that really like dug the hardcore. So like most of the time I'd go to shows by myself. And then eventually like once Rick moved up here to Ontario, him and I went to everything together and then he, he started shooting. Mm-hmm. So we would go so he could shoot and like we would hang out or whatever. And like, but we still never really, like made a footprint like it's kind of I don't know, as an introverted person it's hard to just be like, "Oh, hey, what's up? Like, I'm here. What you guys doing?" Like I'm not a go-getter that way, so it's right. like I don't really know how to get into this. And then um and then I had we had kids. Um my ex and I had kids, so that like put a hard stop on pretty much everything for a while. And then uh when Russ got together that's when I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. And then when we started rust and started like doing our thing, it was like there's so much more to this now than like ever. Because mm-hmm. at the time when we started, it was like, I guess that that low point of shows where like attendance wasn't really the greatest, but like you would still meet like really cool people through the bands you would play with and people that would come out. But it was kind of like a low point attendance wise in shows and like we were still trying to find ourselves and make our names or whatever. So like we would, Rick and I would talk about it all the time. We're like, man, there's so much more to this that we can contribute. Like, how do we get involved? How do we help out? How do we, you know what I mean? Like so many people were so good to us and helped us out that we were like, how do we get back? And then it slowly just kind of snowballed into where we are today.
0: So y'all started before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, our first show is actually four years next month. Okay. 2019 was the first show, and then we put out the single after that, and then the mm-hmm. EP came that June, I think.
0: When did you decide that uh, Die Alone was also, like, when did that all kind of come together?
1: Die Alone actually came over the pandemic. Okay. Connor Keenan and I were in a band previously called Born Without Hope, and um when that kind of came to an end they had already had like the groundwork for dial so they sent me the demos and they were like hey what do you think about this and then that was it it was just like all right i'm in
0: Like, i love when a band is doing that like when you're in a band and then there's some guys that are like chilling like just writing some other shit and then it all just kind of transitions and like we already have this other shit written do you want to and it's like,
1: yeah. Even yeah. called me and he was like, yo, so remember that dialogue project that do? I should you?" i I'm like, yeah. He's like, huh? I was like, <laughs> "Like, I love making music with them. So I was like, absolutely. Like, I didn't care. It could have been country. And I would have mm-hmm. been like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. It never Dude. would be. But
0: if if y'all made country in Southern Ontario, y'all would be a rich man. Rich man. Thought about it. I know. I, I think about it a lot.
1: But it's the hardcore Bills for sure. We can make a splash here.
0: You could do like a Hank the Third style. So there's a bit of a crossover. Could you imagine country with breakdowns? It's already almost there. Just write them in a, in a major key and you're good. <laughs> the happy breakdown. <laughs> it's like
1: easy core what? with country vocals. Everybody hug somebody. You just go into it. Yeah. Because happy. Yeah. It would be like, sick. Uh, <laughs>
0: I guess that's my, my wife said a term... Recently, that just rocked my noggin. She said, "Y alternative," which is a valid genre, and uh, Canada has a lot of of uh, contribution to Y alternative. Uh, if you haven't heard of a little band called Nickelback, um, <laughs> but that kind of genre, like Three Doors Down, where it's like country, southern influenced rock, but like that Scott Stapp Creed style singing.
1: You're they're getting there, and then you have, but then you also have other bands from the states like like Maylene and the Sons of Disaster that had like that southern thing. Like oh my god, that southern metal, yeah, ripped so hard. And then you get like, yeah, there's so much. Oh, the cross genre stuff is sick. I love all that stuff.
0: Yeah, it's. uh I remember seeing Maylene, like this was like when three was out, um, and they were still just as good they had a completely different lineup and they were still
1: just as good as that first
0: that first, that first record op- yeah
1: my first rocket was huge so Crazy good. good
0: and then they had the video where they're like basically wrestling in the barn yeah it was amazing so you started
1: it with rust when did steel city hardcore take shape steel city actually happened over the pandemic as well mm-hmm. um so, Jordan from Gabble slash Deadly Game, Um, when Rush first started, all of our first shows were pretty much a Deadly Game. Like, we were, like, attached to at the hip. Mm-hmm. Jordan and I just got really close. So like, we've always been close. The day we met, we got close. And we've just always been close. So, we kept talking, kept talking, kept talking. And then we saw um footage from that show that came back over the pandemic. The one in LA under the bridge where they had With like the, the, the fireworks,
0: stuff. yeah. yeah
1: where they had fireworks and the fire bombs and like all that crazy shit. And Jordan hit me up and he was like, "Yo, I have an idea." And I was like, "That's great because I have an idea." And he was like, "Why can't we do this here?" I was like, "Why can't we do it here?" He's like, "Can we?" I'm like, "Yeah, let's give it a go." So we started and we started like kind of planning it out and hashing it out. And then little bit by little bit, we were like, we got busy again because shows came back. So like, I think Rust was, Rust and Gavel's first show was the first show. It was the second hardcore show back in Ontario when shows were allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. We were the second show because production did a show underneath the bridge like the week before. And then we had our show and um the attendance, holy shit. Like we were like expecting like ten people to show up because it was like still like, do we go, do we not go, or can we go? Can we not go? And like droves of people showed up. And we were like, What the fuck? So I were like, Okay, we like we have to start doing this. <laughs> so we did a few, like there was a few more shows. And then George and I really like Kinda Gavel got busy, Russ got busy, and then we and then Dialong got busy. And then we were like, okay, finally, let's 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 like lock a date and let's just make that the first show. We had the emblem made, we had everything done, like all the footprint was done. We just had to essentially plan our first show. So we were like, All right, let's do it. So then we planned our first show for last October. And um Oh, man <laughs> it was uh you know we took a very we wanted it to be very communally driven like we want as many people involved as possible like it wasn't it was more the idea behind steel city was more than just throwing shows and like being like a promoter because mm-hmm. like okay anybody can do that But we were like, how do we make it special so other people feel like it's theirs just as much as it's ours? So that's where, like, the idea of, like, the old street team approach where, like, we were out flyering and we were out doing all kinds of things. And it was like, come with us. Like, if you guys want to help out, like, come with us. And we made, like... The community came together and started to build itself kind of around that with us and it was like that's exactly what seal city was supposed to be like we didn't want it just to be you know like uh oh we're the new promoters you know we're starting a show at this place come check it out like we wanted to be like hey guys this is an event we want everybody to come you're all part of this and let's go so we made shirts for the show we did all kinds of stuff and like i mean to say that the response has been anything but like (laughs) mind-blowing like it's the craziest thing in the world like we never thought it would get like this Mm -hmm. but it definitely it's a pure example of the community really coming together like i mean at the end of the day like yeah okay we'll book the shows but it's the community that makes the shows what they are so that's been uh we have our one year planned this year for october as well so it'll be a year of steel city in october fuck yes it's gonna be sweet i'm very excited
0: are y'all gonna keep it to just the steel city kind of core bands and have it like a party or what's what's gonna is it like a fest what's gonna happen
1: we're still kind of trying to work it out but we're gonna do it like last year to anybody that came last year we had seven bands and it was like, <laughs> when we did the lineup, Jordan was like, we're a little ambitious, eh? And I'm like, but we got three bands playing their first shows. And then it was like, you know, what would have been the core lineup? Gavel and Russ had played in Montreal the night before with Shadaway. So we were like, let's bring Shadaway down here for Hamilton. Show them how a Hamilton show goes. And I mean, wow. Like that was uh it was i actually went by that venue last night and uh because they were having a show for international women's day mm-hmm. so i went by last night to check it out and um uh, the owner of the place came up to me and he was like feels weird to be in here eh i was like the last time we were in here we had like 300 kids mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this is a little. Uh, well, this is underwhelming. This is sick. Like huge turnout for you guys. That's awesome. I'm like, but yeah, that was wild. Like that was. I mean, that will never happen again. Like it was. Oh, I can't say never, but like in that particular place, I don't think that will ever happen again because that was uh that was like beyond expectations. Was well, also it looked scary. <laughs> I've actually like. Like, the show started out, like, Spirit of Vengeance first set was sick. And then, um, Just Wright's set was sick. Um, the other band, what was the other band I played? It was Ryan's band. I just can't remember the name right now. And he's going to be oh, so. Oh, Deadbolt. Mad. No, no, Deadbolt didn't play that one. It was, um, Entice. Sorry. Oh, Ryan, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Ryan. I had a brain fart. Different it was Enti- Ryan. Um, yeah and tyson's first set and like and then uh Shadaway played and it was like shut kind of like had like that spot where it was like kind of peak like everybody was already in there and it was like so they were just like what the fuck like they got there and they were like what this is how you guys do it here and i was like no <laughs> like, i don't know what's happening man like we figured half of this, half of the event would have shown up. Like we knew it was going to be a good show, but we didn't know it was going to be that. Yeah. And, then, um, when Dialone played, people were falling into Bobby's drum kids. I was caught Connor and I were pushed into our amps. Like I had to play with my back to the crowd. Most of the set Cause I was like, don't break my shit. <laughs> like it was violent. And then Gabble played. And that was like. That was like the band of the night. Like when Gavel played, like that place just erupted. That was one of the craziest sets I think I've ever seen. It was just a perfect set for them. I was so stoked. It was so wicked. And then Russ played and it was a rush show, so that was fun.
0: <laughs> I uh <laughs> I love the new I was actually before we, we were talking, I was listening to the new Gavel uh promo they came out with. Oof. And that gives me such end it vibes. Like I love that sound so much. I'm happy to hear other bands bringing back that like kind of punk influenced, but like still very much like roots hardcore. Yeah. So gavel fucking rips. Um,
1: They're one of the best for sure.
0: But I mean, all of the bands from Hamilton that I've heard playing regularly spirit of vengeance shout out, uh, Rust, Die Alone. I'm super stoked to see Die Alone when we play with you guys at the end of the month, um, because uh, that's the only band of yours that I haven't seen. I've seen Rust like three times now. Um,
1: that's the Die Dial- Yeah, Die Alone's. I can't wait.
0: Which Die Alone is like my very much my brand of hardcore because it's got that backtrack vibe, which is when I was coming into the scene like 2008, 2007.
1: So I'm super stoked
0: to hear that. I love.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited. We're really um, excited. For-
0: yeah. you. I, I know that it's funny that y'all mark the, the bringing back of the shows by an under the bridge show, because I'm pretty sure that's the same thing that happened in Montreal when, um, it yeah, was, well, uh, yeah, it was Tony put on the under the bridge show, October, 2021. And, uh, we were throwing fireworks in the pit. Somebody threw an entire case of Modelo's across the crowd. That shit was crazy, and it it was like about two hundred people, <laughs> crowding around this bike path. It was super weird, but it was uh, it was crazy. So that's kind of how we mark the return of
1: shows to Montreal as well. It's been absolutely wild. Yeah. The Montreal is a different beast right now. Like an absolute weapon. I, it's my favorite place. It's literally become like, my oh.
0: I'm very happy to hear that actually. Um, Cause we were looking at you guys, we were looking at steel city when shutaway went and then deadbolt went. And a lot of those initial connections were being made. Like I know that max from prowl was going down and hanging out a bunch.
1: Max came to max came to the first Steel city show the big ass killer room one and afterwards like i remember him coming up to me and he was just like bro what fuck i was like i don't know man i don't know what happened
0: yeah they they sold out their show thursday it was prowl serpent corpse and i'm gonna feel so bad but i can't remember who it is there was a third band that opened
1: that show looked absolutely wild
0: it was wall to wall they people were like we were packed in
1: I just live vicariously now through Montreal, through, like, all the Instagram stories, because I just want to be there, like, every second of every day. Just, there's space for you. Oh, I don't know. I'm coming. I'm coming. That Scaramanga show. I will be in attendance, for sure. I'm so upset that we could not play that show. <laughs> they were, like, at Madhouse. Like, there was, every band was sick. Like, every band was super sick. But, like, I hadn't seen Scaramanga yet. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, Scaramanga was, like, unreal. And Desecrate, obviously, was unreal. You guys, Bruiserweight was absolutely mind-blowing. Because I hadn't heard anything from Bruiserweight. John was an asshole and wouldn't tell me. We were all we were all on board with that approach. He was like, I was like, man, just something. He was like, nope. I'm like, not even... I, I'm like, five seconds. He's like, no, nah, you got to see it. And I was like, all right. So then when you guys started and like that intro was like the two-step thing, I was like, oh, they're a two-step band. That's sick. And then that breakdown came and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Johnny cheated me. There's a little you bit cheated. of everything. A little bit of... Oh, that was phenomenal. <laughs> so many sick bands, though. Like, Madhouse was fucking... That was a trip. Like, that was like... I don't know. That was like a proud Canadian moment, especially for like, like to see a scene come together like that was like, I mean, it's funny because when you like talking to Max and Tony, they're like, well, you know, Steel City kind of inspired this or whatever. And then after Madhouse, I was like, hope y'all know we're doing the same thing. We're ripping you off. Yeah. Like, no questions asked. We're going to rip you off. <laughs> and they were like, Let's just do it. Everybody just together.
0: I mean, I, I miss the time of like the matinee shows or like cookout shows, you know, where uh, there used to be one in Atlanta or outside Atlanta at the seven venue called barbecue fest. That would be sick. Yeah. It's literally show up. The owner of the venue had this big barbecue pit, like on a trailer outside and he would just be growing up like the whole day and you get food with your ticket. So you can just walk up and grab played a barbecue there was bands that were local
1: all the way up to like nationally touring bands geez that's an idea though when jordan and i actually had the same venue that we had buried live at um there's uh the venue outside they had like i don't know if they built it specifically for covid or if it was there before but they built like this like extended patio and we were like it would be absolutely wild to be able to um do that like set up like a barbecue or have like a food vendor come where everybody can get food and like go to the show because it was like the door to get into the venue is like right outside of it so Mm -hmm. it's like but like perfect where you could still fit you could probably still fit like 50 people at a time back there like we were like this is an idea this would be super sick so that's really curious that like well atlanta beat us to it atlanta knows what's up oh this was like 10 years ago man this was like a while ago (laughs) Everyone's gonna bring it back. Let's normalize. I love to eat. Let's normalize cookout shows. Let's do it. Uh, they
0: they used to do it at catacombs. Burger and breakdown. Let's go. Beans and breakdowns. Burgers and breakdowns. Brews and breakdowns. Dr. Peppers, just because. Dr. Peppers and breakdowns. <laughs> it's got twenty three flavors.
1: Right, so you just got to get twenty three bands for each flavor. 23 flavors fest that's it every kind of band you know in one in one room' be <laughs> set
0: <laughs> so yeah I mean I definitely think Montreal is where it is because of looking at Steel City and what you guys were doing but it's cool because it's like one hand washes the other you know
1: I think it's really like um I think I think a big part of it is really like just showing showing out for your community and giving out to your community And seeing that come back. Like, it's... You know what I mean? Like, to be... Like I said, anybody can be a promoter. Anybody, like... You can get bands to play. But to get a band to play... To have bands come and play... And to build, like, that camaraderie. And to build that friendship and that relationship. Like, that's a genuine thing. That only further builds the scene It further creates the community and that I think that's why the gap between Montreal and Ontario now is so strong because when like well, Jordan and I make a point of it and if you've like once you put once when you come down and when you come down later this month like you'll see like we're not the ones that sit at the door we're not the one like we're very much involved like You know when bands show up jordan and i are out there unloading gear we're helping everybody set up we're helping everybody figure everything out we're very much involved in what how our shows run and very involved in the bands that we bring because we want to bring that connection where it's like when you leave you leave feeling like family like you feel leaving like oh, when we come back, it's just going to be a wicked time. Like, we're just going to have a great time. Everybody's going to hang out. Like, that's something that we really strive for. And I think with the Montreal connection, like, having Montreal, because Category came down and played not a Steel City show, but, like, an earlier Rush show. Mm -hmm. And when they came down, it was, like, Tony and I connected. And when they left, it was, like, you guys, like... Like, because it was the same approach. It was like, you guys are here, so let's, you know, you guys are like family to us. Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, and then when the trade off, the trade off came, they took Gable out there, and then when get and then Deadbolt came back, and like, and then it just started, and we were like, just yes! <laughs> fun, like the bridge has been made, and it, I mean.
0: I'm so happy that it's happening, even though it it is in comparison to the States, you know, going from Montreal to Toronto or like the GTA is a trek, but. Oh,
1: (laughs) brother, brother. Friday, when we came for the shuttleway show, let's talk about a trek. It took us eight and a half hours to get there. And it took us 11 and a half hours to get home. Because of that snowstorm.
0: Oh my God,
1: that's right. It was a snowstorm, brother. Brother, dedication <laughs> that We just gotta was start old. taking
0: the train. Like we'll just arrange it. You just bring what you need. We'll have the gear here for you.
1: Like <laughs> uh, we do that. That's how. Uh, that's what we do for bands that come up from the states. Mm-hmm. When bands come from the states, I mean. They have the option to bring stuff. It's like if you guys want to bring it, go ahead. But everything is here for you. Just come. Like, it's a pain in the ass. But yeah, no, it's it is a drive for sure. But at the same time, what you get out of it, it's just like there's nothing like it. Yeah, like it's it's coming always to Montreal, coming to Montreal has been my favorite thing in the world because as soon as you go out there, it was like. There's so many friends now that it's like, when you get there, you're never without something to do. Cause someone is always like out and about ready to do something. Yeah. And then the there are just insane. You're always with, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's the same vibe that we have here. And it's, it's, there's just, I don't, there's nothing it makes doing all of this so much worth, like so worth it. It's Mm. just like why you want to do it you want to like build friends be a part of your community and really drive like you know what i mean like you Mm -hmm. want to be you want the vibe the like the notion is like you know it's kind of like if you're like working like a corporate ass job and you get like a corporate position like you kind of like the approach in my opinion anyways should be like be the boss you've always wanted to be whereas like doing seal city and doing hardcore it's like well if you're gonna promote shows be the promoter that you would want to play shows for
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we all play bands we all know i mean they just kind of it further it furthers like it, it furthers bridging all of the gaps together because you get yeah. bands like there's bands from Toronto that are coming up here now that have never been up here there's bands from Toronto going to Montreal now that have never been to Montreal. Like it's like this whole thing now where it's like it's no longer a sandbox, a jungle gym, a teeter totter. It's all on one big platform now. Mm-hmm. And it's oh my God. It's the best. It's the best thing in the world. It's so it, sick.
0: I'm I'm very excited to see how this continues to grow. Um, oh, um yeah. we're all like everybody in Bruiserweight. We're stoked out of our gourds to come down for the end of the month, uh, and hang out with our brothers. And, uh, I think was it Kyle was offering hot dogs in the backyard or something. And he and Ryan were getting into it anyway. It's going to be such a great time. Um, so I'm super stoked about that before we wrap things up. I want to know there's, you know, you've, you released world upside down with rust in 2022. Dial own self fulfilling prophecy was out in twenty one.
1: Yeah. What's yep. happening? We record tomorrow. Ooh. The new EP starts tomorrow. Yeah. So the plan was to not do anything until the record was done and out. Our first show this year was supposed to be the EP release. Nice. But, we got Bruiserweight coming from Montreal. We got D-Block coming from Detroit. We got Days Lost coming from... I think they're from... I don't want to fuck it up. So, if y'all listen, I don't want to fuck it up. I know y'all affiliated with D-Block, so you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. Yeah. yeah, y'all are from the U.S. And, um yeah, it was like when when it when the lineup kind of came together, it was like, oh, we gotta play this. like if we have the chance to play this, like let's play it. like it's it's gonna be such a good time and then the record finishes uh that weekend actually we finished tracking. and then um, I don't know when it's coming out. I don't know what we're doing anything like that beyond that. but uh the new new will be this year for sure. I'm stoked for the new new. And then there's a couple more new news that are coming out. Is there Russ new new? uh no, Russ new new probably won't be out till 2024. Okay. But a couple um, there's a couple new bands that are uh, on the horizon.
0: Hmm?
1: I want to be like John. I want to play in 17 bands and oh, just. Geez. Yeah, that's it. I just want to play. I want to be in 30 bands so I can play a show a day every month. Yeah, there you go. Like, I want to be like John.
0: And doesn't everybody? <laughs> I don't even have the mental capabilities to be like John.
1: I don't whatsoever. But there is a couple projects that we've been kind of hush-hushing and working on slowly but surely. So, like, we're hoping um, there's two for sure that should be debuting this year. I mean, we just want as many bands to pop out as possible. Like We just want all the bands down. All just the bands. Be-
0: become like a uh, like a franchiser. You just start a band, and then you give it away to like other people. You start a band, and you <laughs> give it away to like.
1: <laughs> Here's these riffs. They are now yours. This breakdown I wrote. Let it be to you.
0: There's something there. There's something there.
1: It's uh, it's like um. This whole resurgence has been, like, a resurgence in more than just, like, like going to shows. Like, now it's like, man, I want to start a band that sounds like this. And, like, the amount of kids that come up now and they're like, I've always wanted to start a band, but I didn't know how. Brother, we got you. And then you just start posting about other people that are Mm -hmm. looking for bands. you know helping people out like get a band together let's go you guys want to rip your first gig you've never played a show before come on like learn a part come and sing a song with us do this do that like anything we can do to like keep this momentum going like collectively i think everybody that is excited as excited about it as we are Mm -hmm. should be doing
0: i agree uh anybody that's coming to shows especially if it's your first show like if you're you know I know a lot of shows now are like 18, 19 and up. Uh, I wish we could bring back some all ages stuff. Cause that's where I grew up going to shows was the shitty venue under the pizza parlor. But, um, I remember going to shows and just meeting people and being like, Oh, I'm trying to start this band. Like, do you play guitar or do you play bass? Like that's like the number one way to start a band. So.
1: Now networking is huge. Networking just, is absolutely. at it's, we're trying, like, we have the same problem here in Nailton, too. Like, I'm always on George Bass, like, bro, we got to find an all-ages spy. Like, we need to find a spy, like, because, like, my kids love hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, I can't bring them certain places because it's, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's some questionable spots where I'm, yeah. like, I don't know. Seven-year-old and a four-year-old will farewell here but like they absolutely love everything about it like they love they love the music but they also love like again it's all like for me it's always about community always 100 percent. and like especially for my kids like what i want to teach them are the same values hardcore taught me when i found it and it's literally that like you're never alone. There's always somebody around you that cares about you. There's always a place for you to go. There's always a place where you're welcome. And if you find comfort in here, well, then, you know, as a dad, my job's done. Like I'm yeah. super stoked and they love it. Cause like when they're with me, like, I mean, like the spirit of vengeance crew, the gabble crew, like everybody, like around, around us, I mean, like the girls have so many aunts and uncles that you would think they've, they're like fucking 1700 generations like they there's no shortage of love for the kids in the hardcore scene that's for mm-hmm. damn sure and it's something that's really important I think because as they're coming up if they take an interest in something you can kind of dive into that and same with like these younger kids like these 14 15 year old kids like ethereal tomb just did that um, that benefit show in uh, Toronto and they had it all ages and Rick played because in Street Justice, he played that show and he came back and he was like, man, the amount of like 14, 15, 16 year old kids that were out, he goes, bro, it's wild. He goes, you're going to see bands popping up now like you've never seen before. He's like, yeah. you and Jordan need to find a way to tap into this because like this deserves to be shared. Like, I know if I was a 14 year old kid and I was into like hate breed, I'd want to go to a hate breed show. Mm-hmm. so finally you can it's kind of like oh <laughs> that's, kind that's of the hard.
0: thing yeah that's the thing is like here there's one venue that's like it, it's like a punk venue basically like there's no address um, and it's not technically all ages but there's a lot of kids that show up and it's always packed no matter who's playing there's always kids there and so that's not even like a great environment but I know that if there was like like this is something that, that, that communities need. Like you need somewhere where you can go listen to music. You can be in a relatively safe environment. Like that's all my friends. When I was in in the scene, like the, I just seen like even the older dudes were straight edge. So then to know, like, like you don't have to do all these, like drinking, you don't have to do drugs. Like you don't necessarily have to be into that to be a part of something
1: that's cool. No, and that's a big part, like, especially, like, even for my kids coming up, like, that's a big part of it for that too, right? Like, straight edge culture, like, like you said, right? Like, certain parts of it, absolutely 110%, like, those values are tried and true. Mm -hmm. Like, they really are. And to, like, you know, Blaine and Tony and, like, all the excess guys, like, all all my straight edge friends, like, I have nothing but admiration for them 100%, because they also... Like, they make those choices for themselves as well, but I feel like there's also a subconscious part where they're doing it for everybody around them, too. Because they're yeah. showing, example, you don't have to be fucked up to enjoy a show. You don't have to go somewhere, necessarily, with that in mind. You can go enjoy a show and go. Like, you can do all of these things. And I remember, like, and I'm sure it's the same thing for you, too. Like, when we were kids, finding hardcore, it would have been incredible to have that space to go to instead of like not feeling included not feeling you know like you're necessarily like you know you tend to be steered down different avenues when you don't have that avenue Mm -hmm. so like finding something like hardcore straight edge is like it's almost like i i I know a lot of straight edge people that are like you know straight edge saved my life Mm -hmm. and i mean what I found, like when I, when I found straight edge too, same thing. Like I was, when I was a 14, 15 year old kid, I didn't have any examples. My examples were music. Yeah, It was like, oh, earth crisis. Youth of today bands like that. I was like, oh, what is it? What's this about? And then you kind of like dive into it and you're like, oh, I don't have to go down this path. I can go down this path. And it kind of like, it all goes hand in hand, but I think for the youth. It's really important that we we try to give them that platform as much as possible or try to give them that space at least where they can come and make up their own mind and at least feel included in whatever decision they choose to make if you choose to come to a hardcore show and get fucked up awesome but there's going to be somebody there that's going to help you out if you're having a bad time Mm -hmm. like it's really like i feel like the um the camaraderie now is a lot stronger than it's ever been. Yeah. And I feel like, I think the next, the next evolutionary step is trying to get the younger kids involved in that as much as possible so they can see what we, like how we operate. Yep.
0: Definitely like self-policing and, and being a community that's just about helping others, but also having a great time. Very important. Yes. Yes.
1: Free of free of every every you know, there's no discrimination. You don't have to worry about not feeling accepted or wanted. Like Mm -hmm. if you feel like you're alone in the crowd, somebody like I've seen it happen or like somebody'll just be standing there and it's nothing to go up to somebody and be like, Hey, how you doing? You doing okay? Everything good? It's like and then they're like, Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. And then all of a sudden, like these people that are just like I feel alone and isolated now all of a sudden become like pit commanders <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like there's some secret pit that I've never seen before like people I've people I'm like I always saw you standing at the back like well I didn't really feel comfortable but now I do absolutely and now you just dominate the pit it's so awesome <laughs> so It happens sexy.
0: at least 80% of the time that's it's uh, always it's... that one dude absolutely <laughs> well Rob this has been so much fun. I'm really happy that we were able to connect. Super stoked on what's going on uh, in the the hammer.
1: Oh, absolutely. We gotta. Uh, we have to shout out uh, Spirit of Vengeance and Blaine Webster. Yes, we do. So shout out Blaine Webster, and then there's a reason for that. And when he hears it, he's gonna understand. And. Um... <laughs> Shout out Ontario Hardcore, Montreal Hardcore, and everybody included and involved in this because this is the greatest time of our lives to be in Hardcore. Truly. Absolutely.
0: What is your favorite city for beans and breakdowns? Montreal.
1: Hell yeah, brother. Montreal. Hands hey, down. Montreal is where it's at right now. Oh, okay, no. I got to show my Like Hamilton's where it's at right now, but Montreal is my second home. Nothing but love for Montreal. I can get on board with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I will see you in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I will. I'll be there. I'll be there, bright and shiny, stepping oh. out of a SUV probably. tell all matters. It'd be fun.
1: I'm so excited for you guys to come. It's gonna be so sick. I will see you soon. I'll talk to you Jim.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Beans and Breakdowns. I want to say a huge thanks to Rob for hanging out. Be sure to check out Rust and Die Alone. They have music available on all listening platforms. And keep track of the shows coming to the Hamilton area through Steel City Hardcore. They have a lot of great stuff coming up. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find out more information about the podcast by following us on Instagram at Beans and Breakdowns or on the web at beansandbreakdowns.com. Until next week, be sure to stay caffeinated and wake the
1: fuck up!